This week on Invasion of the Podcast, Marvel gets strange this November. Joe versus Batman versus Superman versus Good Taste. And I pull Paul's lifeless dead body off the wheel of death. We bring you this special radio television broadcast in order to give you the very latest information on an amazing phenomenon. The arrival of a spaceship. Just a minute, ladies and gentlemen, I think something is happening. Flying saucers have invaded our planet. People of Earth, attention. It's the invasion of the podcast. The whole world is under attack. Can it survive? And welcome to Invasion, the podcast where we're taking over the world one listener at a time. I am Paul. Um, I really hope Suicide Squad's a lot better than that last thing that we just saw recently, Stedman. And to my left is Joe. I got to put all the logos of all the superheroes we don't know on folders in an email, Peters. <laughs> yeah, like the, those logo or those logos really help sell it off. Like Lex <laughs> Luthor chose their logos for them. Yeah. Um, we're gonna, like so. Just, I, I, I'm just gonna hit this button right now from the start. Spoiler! Spoiler alert! Yeah. So, just to just to phrase it up a little bit, like the podcast tonight. So I went and saw. Uh, we'll get into news. We'll get into news. Okay. <laughs> Joe has like a fifth of scotch sitting right beside. Me. He has a no. story to tell. <laughs> I should have got a fifth of scotch. I should have done another drunk. I tell you what. I think once this bad boy comes out on Blu-ray, we're all getting together and we're gonna get drunk and watch yeah, it. All of us. Like everyone, if you're listening to this show, you get over here. We'll, yeah. Anyway, no, we'll do it. We'll do it. <laughs> we'll figure we, out how we the might chairs. have to rotate people in and out yeah. and have like small finger snacks. And be like you get one wiener. We'll open all it. the windows up. Everybody just kind of watches from outside. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> we'll 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 live stream it from outside. So yeah. I went and saw Batman versus Superman after it's been out for a couple weeks because I let it try and pick up some reviews, which were bad, but. I wanted to form formulate my own opinion, and and as Paul has always known, like you know, behind the scenes, I have always been the voice of reason. Like, let's be nice about things, let's let's not say bad things about things. He's like the De Niro to my Pesci when it comes to this, where you keep me in check. Where <laughs> if you did, if you weren't here, I'd be going around with like old time phones and beating people's faces in right. with them. You know, like, yeah. So I went and saw it, and, and needless to say, I just kind of... He has opinions. I have opinions. And, and that's all. We'll get into it. The reason it. I'm giving the spoiler alert is because if you've not seen Batman yeah. vs. Superman, Donna Justice, I, this is not the show for you. Yep. Um, we normally don't go rolling into a topic like this. We got news. We're going to get to that. But, I mean, just a couple weeks ago, we had uh, Steve on here talking about Saturday Night Slasher, which, you know, again, go check that out, SaturdayNightSlasher.com. Sorry. The Saturday Night Slasher. If you if you made it through last weekend, yeah, and he did not get you, if then he did go not check get it you, out. if you're still alive, go check it out. Yeah. We talked about our expectations for Batman Superman, and we don't normally like bookend so much. But Joe's reaction was unique and oh, wonderful. I have, um, and by I s- wonderful, as in meaning I was entertained. So I want to get to that later. Um, I'm going to let Joe um, bring some uh, cans of gasoline into the house, like he's Jesse Pinkman about mm-hmm. to burn down Walter White's house. I saw it on Saturday, and since then, I have been like on a tirade of just wise. Like, you know when like your your friend gets to back together with somebody that's like beating her up, and you're like, why? <laughs> why are you with that guy? That is basically, it's basically yeah, so, how I felt about that movie. So we're going to get to that. I'm just going to briefly mention here, uh, 
I, um, I, I also, I watched my Netflix wheel of death punishment and we'll, we'll also get to that as well. Um, I did put a poll up earlier on Facebook saying, who do you think had the worst experience? Joe watching Batman versus Superman or Paul watching the ridiculous six. We had some multiple answers that, that answer will be revealed here later. Um, I, and I want to say this again, this hopefully be the last time I mention it. I'm still watching the WWE Network. I'm not going to mention the price, but you could do it. You could just log in. It's free trial. I was telling Joe, I've been watching. It's a 20-part series I know. about the Monday Night Wars. I'm thinking about it. The Ken Burns Civil War documentary that covers three, five years of like you yeah. know, all of this political change and turmoil in battle is about eight hours long. Why do I need 20 hours, like 21-hour segments about wrestling and why am i still watching it like i'm just i i could have watched two ken burn documentaries in the time i've been watching oh look at that i didn't know ray mysterio jr came from this and this and this i just, <laughs> nah, I, he's I, in prison i have problems <clears throat> this is what i gotta i just gotta say so i'm 10 hours in 10 hours to go jesus yeah it's, i told you it's a long it's a long thing so God. yeah i just want to know what happened like what happened with the Monday Night wars did we win did we lose we, i don't oh, know we, we won we won uh, okay I'm gonna get you like a John Cena shirt. No, you want a John? Cena <laughs> I don't want to be. I don't want to be that overweight, thirty-something-year-old guy wearing um, a John Cena shirt, and I don't have the unexpected John Cena to bust oh. out. Yeah, no, I just don't. I don't know. Like more power to the guys that like that that wear those shirts. But it's like it's uh, that'd be like me wearing like I don't know, just like a basketball jersey. It's like one size too small, and it's like no one's ever going to believe that I'm a basketball player. All the grown John Cena's fans just turned our show off. <laughs> <laughs> all three of them. All three of them. Yeah. Um, so anyway. We'll watch the Marine 3. <laughs> um, um, wasn't Ted DiBiase in one of those? Probably. Yeah. I'd st- anyway. I so. was on I was on a flight to Vegas once, and Ted DiBiase was the uh, flight attendant. Yeah? Yeah. I, I don't know if I have pictures anymore. I'll have to get my buddy. Uh, although, uh, I'm sorry. The Invasion of the Podcast World Heavyweight Champion, Tim, <laughs> to send me the photos, because we got on the plane, and this dude's hair was... Perfect. Literally Ted DiBiase's hair. Oh. Like he went and stole it. Like got a time machine, went back, stole Ted DiBiase's hair, put it on, and then got on the plane. I, what you just described there is a movie I want to see. I just want to see like a time heist, hair just, time hair bandit. Yeah, time hair bandit. I like that. With, to, just to get the million dollar man. We're making so ma- we make so yeah. many movies on this show. It's better than the one that you saw recently. Time so. hair bandit. I would go see time hair bandit opening night. Yeah, I would too. All right, so. <laughs> all right, let's just get to news, and then we can get to um, you know to tearing down this house. everyone yeah good news uh it is good news let's start off let's talk about um mike tyson's punch out okay uh so if, recently if, if i don't talk about it correctly i want to be like down in like 30 seconds and you'll never hear from me right the, rest of the show if you if you dodge instead of block yeah you're gonna yeah. blink at me and i'm gonna know not know what's gonna yeah. happen you're gonna so, punch me straight in the face that ties into what we're talking about because uh recently somebody i think it was a redditor uh, found out a new tell sign from Mike Pison's Mike Pison's Mike Pison Mike Pison's punch out, which is the unofficial version. Um, After they lost the licensing for Mike Tyson, yeah, they're like, he was like, I'm not signing off on this game. Okay, fine. Well, then we'll just fight Mike Pison. <laughs> Mike Pison's touch out. You're yeah. Um, so Mike Tyson's punch out. This uh, there's there's people out there who play classic NES games like you know still rather religiously. 
Um, like, like speed runners and then also yeah, like they try to, to find records edge. and yeah. things like that. So somebody did find a, a tell sign because Mike Tyson's punch out is always known for like tell signs with certain characters. Pattern recognition. Pattern recognition. Yeah. So um, you had your different you have your different fighters and things like that. Depending on how they would do stuff like um, uh, who was the tiger guy? Oh, I was just thinking of the great tiger. The great, the great was it the great tiger? Yeah, it was the great tiger. He had um, he had a turban on his head with a right. gem uh-huh. that would blink sometimes. And that would also be a tell. That would of be when a tell of when yeah. to hit him. And then also, like you would have the timing down. Like he would do the mirage strike where he would spin through the ring, punch you, and you would have to dodge, 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 and then he'd get dizzy and you'd hit him. Yeah. Um, King Hippo, obviously, like certain tells, like the way Ra- that raising his right fist in the air and opening his mouth, you punch him in the mouth, he drops his trousers, and then you just finish him off. Yeah. Yeah. Mike Tyson was he blinks so you'd have to just look for the eyes to blink so somebody found a new tell and it, and it ties into ball bullet is it piston honda yeah um like piston honda the second time you face him in the game yeah so these guys because these guys can be pretty rough the second time you faced them but i guess like there was a tell in the audience there was a static audience face because the audience actually moves, and I watched this video, and I was like, how do you pay attention to certain things Yeah, like I wouldn't be able to focus on that one face. Yeah, yeah. so uh, there is one face that in the audience is very, very static throughout all of your matches. But when you're fighting Piston Honda and Ball Bull, when they, they, they'll they do, they'll, the, the face will duck. Like, it'll do, like, a little head bob. And then you punch him, and it's pretty much, like, KO. Yeah. So you basically have to dodge, 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 and block through the whole match until you see this head bob, and then it's basically an instant win. Which I just find that amazing that, like, uh, this game's been around for how long now, and people are still finding, like, I mean, that had, I don't know if that was a tell or if it was, like, just the way the coding was for the animation sequence or whatever, because, I mean, that's, like, you know, th- those aren't the most powerful games, you know? Like, I don't yeah. know, like, what all went into that. Like, I don't understand. Like, clearly, I show my, my video game design knowledge here, which but is But that not- game came out in, like, what, 1987? Something like that, yeah. So I mean, it's so been around for. It's pretty amazing because it's like a it's like a thirty year old game, and uh, like people still playing it and finding weird things for games like that. Yeah, and then the fact that like the developers never said anything about it. Yeah, yeah. So I, I thought that that was interesting. It's just that you know, like you see stories of like people finishing Mario in like I don't know, like two and a half minutes or something, and yeah. it's like that's ridiculous. Or people that go and finish Mario with the lowest number of points allowed. Like, that's also a challenge, too, where they try not to jump on anything or get any, any coins. Any points and coins, yeah. And that's, like, I I don't know. I'm a gamer now where if I finish a game, regardless of how many times it takes me to try over and over again, I consider that an achievement. Like, I, I, don't, I don't add extra layers of difficulty in my gaming anymore. There was times I played a few games where points and achievements were, like, something I would go for and, you know, it unlocks stuff. I think the last one I played like, that I challenged myself was God of War, I think, because I actually liked the combat in that, so I kept opening the dif- difficulty. Couldn't finish the hardest one, though, because that was ridiculous. Like, I think Kratos would kill himself. Like, this is bad. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, just, I mean, good on them. Like, that's, like, I just makes me wonder what we're going to find next. It's like, there was a third Zelda game in the first Zelda game. You just didn't know. Yeah, it, it was another minigame built within the minigame. Yeah. So, so, all right. That's uh, kind of cool. Yeah, kind of cool. And then, uh, speaking of secrets... Uh, a Doctor Strange trailer, which I was expecting a lot smaller trailer than what we got because the the filming just wrapped up, yeah, like just recently. Um, we got like a whole two and a half minute trailer, which I mean was pretty good for a teaser. I think I think yeah. we'll get a more beefy trailer closer to the summer, like once once you get like some of the blockbusters that come out, like um, X Men and uh, what else is coming out this summer? That's 
Well, I mean, you got Civil War coming up soon. That's right. the other Marvel property, right? So then after that, um, I mean, you do have X Men, but that's that's more that's more Fox. So I'm sure that whatever like Marvel will put their money in to put the trailer in front of something like that, right? But I mean, um, it would be. It'd be funny if they're like, you guys want a, you want, you guys want a really good trailer? For a Suicide Squad. There you go. Enjoy that. Like, I could see them doing that, too. Yeah. You well, Marvel had its trailers in front of uh, Batman vs. Superman when I went and saw it. Just being so angry about that movie is just Tucker Giot, hasn't it? You're just like, you're yeah. just tired. You're just I'm tired. <laughs> ready. I'm ready for a nap. Um, good but yeah, trailer, the, though. Good the, trailer. It doesn't give you any story. Mm-mm. Which I love that about trailers. We've talked about it about yeah. on the yeah. trailer episode. It, it had a feel to it. It had a Doctor Strange feel to it. Yeah. It, it it set up questions for you. Like, you know, he's a doctor, obviously, or he's a surgeon. Something happened to him, and he went on some type of spiritual journey, and weird stuff happens, and yeah. Inception happens. Like, triple Inception. Triple Inception. It's like, hey, yeah. guys, remember when that city folded on itself? What if we have this on three planes of existence? Yeah. We don't, we're not to explain to you what happened. Also, so. this one guy's going along and just waving his hands and causing, like, a kaleidoscope of hallways. It's like, it was it was pretty cool. Um, I So far, Marvel hasn't put out, like, Marvel Disney hasn't put out a movie that I've disliked. Uh, Iron Man 2 was probably a little <laughs> uneven, but I liked it at the time. Um I'm just trying to think of other ones that didn't quite stick the landing, but there hasn't really been one. No. Like, The, the Incredible Hulk, I actually liked it. Not a lot of people... I don't know. I think it's okay. Like, it, it's still I don't really like the first Cap that much. Yeah, I mean, I did, but I could see why some people didn't. Yeah. Um, but well, my worry is that Scott Derrickson, who's the director of this, the only other movie he's known for is uh, Sinister. Which, did you see that with uh, Ethan Hunt? I didn't Hunt. see Sinister. Ethan Hunt? Um, Ethan Hunt. No, that's Ethan Hawk. Ethan Hunt is from Mission Impossible. I That'd think be a weird d- this is the second time you've done this, because I made... <laughs> An Ethan Hunt joke about whatever movie we we're talking. Ethan Hawke was in. Oh, okay. Um, Remember, his pulls off the mask. And it's really <laughs> yeah. like it's Ethan Hawke underneath. Oh no! Um, Deja vu. Man, that that would make Boyhood a way weirder movie. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's like Sinister was like, and he actually has his his um, screenwriting um, partners also working on Doctor Strange as well, or did I should say? So it's like I know Marvel wanted to reach into like horror movie directors to kind of because they want something a little bit more. Like they well, want a little bit more strange, you know. No, no yeah. pun intended for this one, as opposed to like Doctor Strange is kind of scary though, because there is yeah. some stuff in. Like I'm reading Doctor Strange right now. Jason Aaron's writing it, and there's some really creepy stuff, like you know, a mouth on the back of people's heads and things like that. That are that's just kind of like there, which is like, what was the movie he he did? Sinister. Yeah, that makes me think of like like some makes me think of the Ring, like when. You know, the girl's like in the shower washing her hair and like the hand comes out oh, of yeah, her yeah, hair yeah, yeah. and grabs her hand. You know, that kind of stuff is in the comics right now. And I was just like, Ugh. no, and Sinister had a good vibe. Like the the I, the first three quarters of that movie is actually really good and creepy. But then it doesn't quite stick the landing, um, which I mean, that that's my personal opinion. I also feel like since he is a newer director that Marvel's going to put the right team around him to make sure that the product stays kind of on. I mean, as much as we don't want to admit it, Marvel does have a process and, but they also know enough to let people be creative and know enough to when they, when they want to go for a particular genre that they're going to stick, they're going to stick to that. So, um, I, yeah, I hope it's good. Like I, like this is, this is, this is like, um, Thor level, like you're, you're taking us in a direction that we're not familiar with. Like, um, Thor people weren't necessarily on board for, but then the movie came out and people loved it. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, and then, uh, and also in Marvel's wheelhouse, uh, they announced Spider-Man standalone movies called Spider-Man Homecoming. 
which is interesting because the homecoming story arc in the comics centered around uh, Peter Parker coming back from the Secret Wars event originally in the 80s. Um, that's when he got the black costume. So the first issue of Amazing Spider-Man, I think it was 252, uh, was um, they redid it like Amazing Fantasy 15, where he's he's got he's, the he's same catching pose. The people he's, he's catching the people. And he's the black suit, yeah. But he's got the black suit on. So Homecoming story arc ushered in the black suit era, which I don't think they're going to tie anything in with the black suit. I hope not. Just for right now, because like, just let's get Spider-Man right. Let's just get him right before you start introducing like Venom in again and stuff. Yeah. Like, just and I'm sure because he's in high school right now, they'll do a meta thing with him being going to homecoming dance. So yeah, that's probably really what it is. Just like yeah. they, they talk about how it's going to be like a John Hughes film. That's really what the homecoming means. It's just homecoming. That or I think it's kind of a a way to apologize to everybody. Love Spider Man, where it's like, hey, he's he's with Marvel Disney now. It's okay. He's, he's come home. home. He's home. He's, yeah. he's safe now. Yeah. Yeah. So I see that too. But so. this is actually going to be part of the Marvel universe, so there's the potential to actually right. have Marvel characters. And they've talked about how, yeah, they, well, they already said that they're going to bring other Marvel characters into it from the movies. So, cool. I'm ex- until I mean, like, like I said, I I am excited for Civil War. Um, I've stopped watching anything else coming out about that movie because I want to be surprised. They're starting to um, trickle out a lot of stuff. Yeah, I've so noticed. I've been trying I to a, shield myself. I saw a bit today where the Avengers were actually sitting in like Avengers headquarters and they were all arguing like amongst themselves mm-hmm. about the registration. And it was weird cause vision was there and vision had like people clothes on. <laughs> so it was like, he was sitting there like in this, this Dick Van Dyke cardigan get up, but it was the vision. Like I want to, I want to believe skin. that he, he, uh, he's an optometrist in his downtime <laughs> where it's like, what, what, what do you do vision? That's what I do. Like, vision, 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 vision. Yeah. <laughs> It's like, Be like better, I'm gonna, worse. I'm gonna better, real, hold worse. still real quick. I'm gonna look at the back of your eyeball. Oh my god, what are you doing? <laughs> He's just like phases through you. Boop. Yeah, there's there's a lot more wrong with you than your eyes now. No, yeah. uh, so I, um, I, I, yeah, like I, I'm just trying not to see anything else. I know the movie just recently premiered um, in L.A. and people are over the moon about it. Which I mean, I get it. It's their big push. Like there's right, of course right, it's going right. to be positive right now. But like the Twitter reaction's been really good. Um, well, the, the Russos haven't done wrong by me yet, so until they do, I mean, watching watching the trailer, it still has a good Winter Soldier political movie feel to it, mm-hmm. and I think that's one of the things the Russos loved about doing Winter Soldier that they said there's and, consequences. Yeah, that, that, that's the big thing. Is like there's consequences, right? And I, it, actually having a message as opposed to beat them up. Yep. Which and I like know. how they do that though. You know, if you think about it, when you had the Avengers. Whedon gave you the popcorn awe of the beat 'em up and then you come back to Captain America Winter Soldier and you get a consequential um, political thriller and then you go on to Ant-Man and Ant-Man's like a like kind of like a sleeper comedy and yeah. then all of a sudden you go into Age of Ultron and you're back into the popcorn awe and now we're going back into Civil War with the uh with the thriller, with the consequences. So, yeah, and and all of it, and it all feels like it belongs together, mm-hmm. which again, well, teasing what's coming up, but some things don't feel like they belong together at other places. I wonder if uh, yeah. I wonder if they'll get the distance of cities right in the Civil War, <laughs> like how so, far apart they yeah, are. Yeah, um, more on that later. Uh, I like I like teasing future news. I like that uh, future news. Future news. Um, was there any other news that you had? Because I had one other thing I wrote down here. I just thought. Uh, no, I'm okay. I'm out. Go for um, it. Alamo Draft House is going to be showing the original untampered Star Wars trilogy. 
they're going to be like having like a roadshow presentation where they're going to all like their their draft houses and actually playing four five six unaltered and probably as part of a marathon. Oh. And it's nowhere near Cleveland. It's like you got like Philadelphia and like maybe Chicago. But the fact that they actually are going to be showing Star Wars as it was originally in the seventies in the theater, I thought that was kind of cool. Huh. So I didn't know if like you might have. No, to I would do that. I have the original seventies cut of Star of Star Wars and all that. And um, I haven't watched them in a while, but it's interesting to watch them because, uh, like, just you can see where they retailered a lot of the special effects. Yeah, we I ended up watching four again um, before seven because our, our neighbors brought down an, um, an altered copy that they found somewhere, and it it was I I I can see why Lucas went back and decided to update some of the stuff. I don't see why he went back and changed some of the things. Like I think updating and changing are two different things. And I think um updating some of like the there's some like you can still see some of the blocky line work around some of the people and some of the ships when they're flying around. That's all fine. If you can touch that up, that's great. But I didn't need to have all the added stuff he started putting in there. So but if people have not seen Unaltered Star Wars, I think that'd be a good chance to go see it in the theater and it would be a lot of fun. So there you go. See, Paul brought up a Star Wars story. Joe did not. Yeah. I'm just a, yeah, no, it's just a, it's a crazy world we live in. So, um, all right, so we got uh, we we have some more Civil War facts. Yeah, so there's a documentary on a uh, there's a lot of Civil War documentaries, and I found a good one. Yeah, um, and found it's, some excerpts to kind of get you filled in. It's not 20 hours long like a wrestling one. Yeah, and it if you enjoy enjoy like Ken Burns documentaries, you'll enjoy these documentaries. Um, the, they're mostly about the comics, so it might it might get you prepped for the movie, I guess you could say. But here's the newest one that we kind of found for you. The issue was Civil War number two, and the event that waited inside her pages would be groundbreaking to the Marvel Universe. Tony Stark had to make a statement that would assure the American people that the newly drafted Superhero Registration Act would keep them safe from the heroes who had been keeping them safe. Politically, he had found his ace in the hole with an iconic hero to the people, Spider-Man. After much convincing from Tony and consulting with his family, Peter Benjamin Parker would announce to the world he has been the amazing Spider-Man since the age of 15. This had dealt a significant blow to the anti-registration heroes as the public rallies around their favorite friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. But not until later do we see Mr. Parker again play a key role in changing sides during this time of civil war. I don't know what's going to happen next. Like I'm, I'm on the edge of my seat for uh, for these civil war facts. So more to come. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, it'll heat up. I know there's some some fights that they get into, and then eventually. Uh, you'll find out the climax of what happens with the anti-registration group versus the registration group. Yeah, so there we go. Uh, I I feel like we just keep raising just the quality of education on the show, just just little by little. You know, like mm-hmm. um, you're welcome, world. That's <laughs> yeah. And uh, PBS just hit us up at uh, invadingpodcast at gmail dot com. Yeah, and it's like it's cool. Like they said, hey, you should uh, you should totally do this. And I'm like, well, here's a mug. Like I offered them a mug, and they didn't know what to do. Like they're oh. like like oh. What am I gonna do with this mug? I'm like, you can have a tote bag. Aren't you get my Mega Man mug? Yeah, I, I got I got your uh, I your Mega Man mug is safely stowed away. Oh, away I thought from... no. I said, did you give them my Mega? Oh, Man Oh no, 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 no. I um no, my Mega Man mug. You left it here. It's not mine. Oh. 
I keep joking. I'm going to draw a little mustache on it and be like, I don't know whose mug this is, and just keep it. And be like, it must be <laughs> that's mustache not, man. That's not that's not Mega Man. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. Um, now let's just get to the main event. And now for our feature presentation. Oh, you should have had a ring bell. Give me a ring bell. Yeah. Ding, ding. Bang, bang. So, so we don't normally <laughs> pour gasoline on stuff, set it on fire. Um, I was tempering myself for Batman Superman because if, if you guys have been listening weeks past, I, not gleefully, maybe that's the right word, but I kind of kind of had an indication that I was not going to like the movie. And, I, and it's... I sometimes do base my opinion off of like you know trailers and things I read, um, and I shouldn't form that kind of opinion. But I was not going to enjoy this movie. I felt so. Then I went uh, the night it came out with a buddy of mine who really wanted to see it. So because he really wanted to see it, I knew I couldn't be a complete idiot in the theater and just like judge this movie harshly. So I ended up seeing it, and I didn't think it was the worst thing I've seen. Yeah, Joe, who's usually even tempered. And like a little bit more even killed than I am when it comes to reactionary stuff, goes to see it, and my phone starts blowing up with just, just like if if Joe could type caps and caps, I don't know if he could make something bigger. Yeah, it would, like it would have bold, happened. like caps, like change changing the font and everything. So like it wingdings in in bold, <laughs> underlined, yeah. italicized. It's like it's like I don't know Hubert swearing over I, and over. I again. can't read wingdings. Um, yeah, so like. Everybody, I I knew a lot of people that went and saw it. I know some people that completely avoided it. Um, everyone I talked to was like, no, 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 no. It was not good. Uh, there were a lot of problems with it. A lot of people laughed about it. Um, some people who were comic book fans, some people who weren't comic book fans, but the general consensus was no bueno. I wanted to form my own opinion. I am not mad I went and saw this movie. I didn't like the movie, but I'm not mad I went and saw it. Um, I I feel like I needed to see that. And, you know, before I get into, like, parts of the movie, I think the biggest thing that stems from my frustration is the disservice that they do to the universe and the credit of those characters. Yeah. Because, like, I've told you and I've told other people, these characters were stemmed from the 40s um, or 30s. Superman was, like, what, 1938, which they do make a reference to. Yeah, they do. In, like, an Easter egg, you know, Perry White says something like, this isn't 1938, Clark, which is when Action Comics 1 came out. But um, the uh, the characters have been so, so long, so around so long, and they've had time to, you know, uh, they're, they're iconic. Like, if you think of any superheroes, like, for people who don't like superheroes, but pre-Iron Man 1 movie, pre-Iron Man 1, pre-2000, like, everybody knew who Superman and Batman was. Though Their logos were tattoos. They were they were icons that would pop up on people's license plate. Um, people would wear jewelry that had the Superman logo because of what it stood for. Um, and you never had anybody with, like, a Captain America shield um, tattoo uh, that was really common. You know, you had a lot of basketball players. Like, Shaq has a Superman tattoo. Yeah. You know. Well, um, he is steel after all. Well, he is steel. This is true. But, um, uh, and a, and a Rumble Royal, uh, or Royal Rumble. No, never mind. It was, no, he was the Royal Rumble. No, no, no. It was uh, Andre the Giant Battle Royale. Oh, attendee. okay. Yeah, whatever. Anyway. Um, but. Uh, <laughs> I hope he doesn't have a tattoo my, of that. My point, is, my point is, is these two characters, Batman and Superman, are probably more iconic superheroes than any Marvel character. Um, and to take them and put them in their own movie in a world of a f- of franchises of superhero movies and have them do so poorly is, is just kind of insulting to me. Yeah, I mean, and, and this isn't like, even from a, um, just from a filmmaking standpoint, and this is me 
I guess speaking as someone who watches films, not someone who's made films, because I mean, if I was making movies, I, I think I'd probably be doing different things in my life. But uh, I think that like coke, if, a lot of coke, a lot of coke would be going on. It's a lot of coke, <laughs> some meth. You know, it would just be. No, I'd have. No, a, I would have. Do, a, no. I would have a bullwhip. Meth. No, I don't know. No, I just you don't like, do meth. If you're stay. a director. <laughs> I got to stay up. I just got to stay up and keep directing. Coke will keep you. I'm gonna be like. Um, like talking for like I'm talking from experience. Yeah, <laughs> Never mind. I'm gonna be like <laughs> like um, Doctor Octopus from Boogie Nights when he's just going around with that bullwhip and throwing snap bangs. You know, and he's just listening. Doctor Octopus it. was in Boogie Nights. He was the one that was the the one at the end. Listening oh, Alfred Molina. Yeah. Oh, I thought as you meant Doctor Octopus. I, I'm I like remember I, his name. So I'm I was like, like you know, I should go back and watch Boogie Nights. That sounds like amazing. Recast movies with Dr. Octopus sounds like a terrible porn name, by the way. But anyway, so yeah, so all Coke and meth aside, uh, (laughs) we'll table that for later after show party. Um, It just, you watch this movie and it's like, there's definitely, it, it it has a good visual style at times. The palette, at times. The, the palette is dark and it, it's very frustrating because it's like, I get that you're supposed to be dealing with, you know, the, the day and the night, even though I never once got a sense of what the day was supposed to be. It was Yeah, all, I never got and, a sense and, of the day. Like, and, and the Superman was supposed to be hope and everything. And I just didn't get so, that. Let me touch on that real quick. I don't because I have a feeling I'm going to bounce around a lot. Superman touching on Superman is hope. He's got that S on his chest, which stands for hope and Krypton. Um, <laughs> and uh as the co- it, it as, stands for hope and windings on yeah, his chest, yeah. As yeah, as the college humor uh, skit goes, hope starts with an H, stupid. Yeah. Um, which always made me laugh. If you haven't watched any of the Batman college humor stuff, Dude, is the, yeah, uh, was it then Pete? Um, oh shoot, the guy that did it, Pete, whatever his last H- name Holmes. is, Holmes. Holmes, yeah. He's done a better Batman he, Superman video than yeah, this movie. He actually did uh, the Ryu Street Fighter interviews yes. that I linked. Yeah, that was. He's really the funny. guy that did, but he does a great Batman. Anyway, um. <laughs> No, the hope. Like, I don't know if it's Zack Schneider. I don't know if it's the writers, the screenwriters. But for some odd reason, someone who is making that movie doesn't know what Superman stands for. I'm going to put my money on Christopher Nolan watching over everything and try to keep it still stamped down in like some kind of sense of reality. But you can keep it stamped down in a sense of reality. But you're taking a character. Because like, to me, C- Captain America and Superman are very similar in terms of their moralities. Yeah. Both of them stand for, like, you know, an upper echelon of morals, and no matter what, they're a good guy. They always want to instill, they they have, there's supposed to be somebody who is, is very high, and you know, they have a great charisma, they're able to inspire people, you know, big and small. Just seeing that person, seeing Captain America, seeing Superman, brings a swell of hope and happiness or excitement to people. In the movie, like, he is just a creepy, omnipotent God figure, which I understand the whole thing with them trying to ground it in reality is that Superman, you know, what do we do? This guy is a God. You know, we can't we can't mess with him. But a lot of the problems I had with, you know, and, and thinking back to Man, and Man of Steel now, too, yes. But, so you know, now that the world knew who he was, like, anytime he showed up and interacted with people, it was kind of like more of a creepy... Uh, sense of like what is that? It's it's alien, and I and I get they were trying to get the whole alien vibe to him, yeah. but to me, like growing up, especially for you know a kid, or even like fans of Superman, it was like you always felt like a warmth, or you always felt good about Superman showing up. You you felt better about your situation, even when they stressed the whole idea that even he didn't feel like he belonged. It's like he realized that like he had 
these abilities that no one else did. Mm-hmm. And it's like, and it would be, it would be a shame to not try to do good. Uh-huh. And it's like, so even when he was feeling like an outsider, his, his, his better compulsions would, he would still go do those things. Right. Because it's like, cause like he would have the guilt of knowing that he could have done something and not versus being like, well, screw them. They're not, I'm not even part of this race of people, you know, like yeah. it's just a, well, I, I'll get in that too bothered me with his mom and everything, but well, that's, like, yeah, that, well, well go, you're like right. Going yeah. and tying into like the hope thing, Christopher Reeves, was a great Superman because he, when he played Superman and Clark Kent, when he played Superman, everybody, all the other actors around him were really excited and happy to see Superman, whether he was pulling a cat out of a tree, um, even in Superman four, when he runs into the UN and everybody just swarms around him and they're just yeah. so happy to see him. Uh, the people in this movie were not happy to see him in the same way. They're happy to see him, but it was more of a creepy, like, like an um like like an omnipotent like like we bow down to you we like we're happy to see you because otherwise we don't you. want you to kill us it's very kind of like a like a subservient reaction <laughs> very much like that twilight zone where the kid was the one running the family and he would just send everybody out to the cornfield when he wasn't happy with them because with his mind right it's and like, like, oh, we're all happy the like the two scenes like that really stuck with me was the one where there's a scene where he shows up and they're doing a voiceover. It doesn't even tie into anything with the plot. And you see these people on a rooftop, and their their house is flooded. They're stuck in a huge flood, and they're basically on the roof to survive because the water's so high. They painted an S on the on the roof. No hope. Or what? They painted hope. Oh, I thought it was the symbol. No. You, what? Oh, okay. I got you. <laughs> they painted hope on the roof. Yeah. And then, like, the camera pans, and you just see, like, Superman kind of, like, like omnipotently floating in the sky with his red cape flowing. And he's not really reacting at all. And they're reaching up to him like like the sun for sustenance and, and just, like, uh, like, like, awe. And it's not so much like, like he's come down and he's rescuing them immediately. It's like he's poised in a position where they're just kind of, like, almost, like, like kind of bowing to him and no it's like when i was playing roller coaster tycoon and i'd leave the mascots wandering out in the bad parts of the park and they had no hope and i'm just like i could pick them up and move them or it'd just be much fun just to watch to see where they're going to go right but even the tone when that was happening i understand that the flood was going on but like the color palette and everything was just so gloom and doom yep even when he goes over the top of the Capitol because they have the senate hearing and then they're like, Superman's above the Capitol. And they show, like, it goes out, pans outside to the crowd, all reacting to him. And all they're doing is pointing in awe. And, like, yeah. and he's just hovering there. It's creepy. He, even the statue that supposedly was there in his honor looked menacing. You know, yeah, like, where he's like, he's got his, he's arced and he's got his hand down, yeah. you know, like, he, like, like he's, he's summoning some, a Hadouken like, or, or something. he's doing some kind of close-up magic where he's like, yeah. I'm Superman. You know, and, and I've seen other Are statues these your car things, keys? Like, you know, like, of yeah. Superman, and, and they're usually kind of like, you know, he's got his arms crossed, he's smiling. You know, Henry Cavill never really smiled that much. I don't think they gave, I think if he did, they probably said cut and like, why are you being so happy? Yeah, calm, calm, like, yeah, bring it down. You're not, like, every time, and I feel Man, bad. Of Steel, Man of Steel, look. I think Henry Cavill could be a great Superman. I like him as Superman, yeah. but I feel like they're like, dude, you need to stop smiling, you need to stop having fun. And, like, Superman, I mean, I, I just, part of that just makes, it just ruins it for me because I'm like, you're ruining the character by making him some like creepy alien god figure. It makes me feel like watching this movie that no one involved wanted to make a Superman movie. Everyone was excited for a Batman movie and also excited for Wonder Woman because though she was in the movie for all of like maybe eight minutes total or something, when she finally got ready to throw down, 
that was the one time in the movie I smiled because she looked like she was having fun. Yeah. And like the whole bit where she kind of like shakes it off and smiles and then goes right back into battle. Like that was awesome. Right. The, I enjoyed the guitar riff that played when she showed up was not awesome. But everyone like <laughs> that guitar riff was like it's like I was like what, what was going it? on? Like I did like really like the theater did, like 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 <laughs> you, like sorry not to jump all the way to the head but at the end of the movie but it's like the, the, you see all you saw in the trailer like she shows up and then Superman and Batman which are suddenly best friends now because their moms have the same name. Um anyway, <laughs> Uh, like they're like, do you know her? It's like I don't know her. And then Batman should have been like, hey, yeah, I kind of know her. I've sent her creepy emails, but that's, that's not the point. <laughs> and then when she shows up with her sword and her shield, you just hear or whatever it is. It's yeah. like it's like, did this suddenly become like, did like Trey Parker and Matt Stone just come, <laughs> just show up with Team America? I know, it right? Just, it did not I, make any sense. Uh, if, but we, she was fun. We could she was ju- fun. yeah, we could jump on. A, we could jump over to Wonder Woman. Like she, like the end of the movie Wonder Woman. It was like it was great because. They did a good job. They when they were battling, you know, Doomsday. Uh, it was. It, <laughs> I just anyway. Sorry. No, I, just, I like it, I like the third act enough of the fight where it felt it gave me a very good feeling of DC Comics and how they do battles where it's like a huge scope, like the panels or explosions. You yeah, know, no, no, that was fine. They're fighting like Wonder Woman was like doing all kinds of flips. She was cutting them with her sword, blocking stuff with her shield. That was cool. But like prior to that. It was like Gal Gadot came in. She wore like three really probably expensive dresses, talked to Bruce Wayne for like a minute or two, and then opened an email. And that's her whole interaction of the movie. I oh, no, she's going on a plane. And then and she, she gets on a plane and she sees a doomsday's on the loose. And she's Where does like, she, like, was her sword and shield a check-in item? <laughs> I don't know. I leaned over to my girlfriend when we were watching it, and I'm like, why is she riding a normal plane and not the invisible <laughs> one? I was like, which, could she not find it? Like. As as much as this movie made me roll my eyes at times, if she would have showed up in a sitting position, yeah. flying from the sky, coming down, oh, that would have been like the just best. like just like it's like is that the, is that the invisible jet? Is yeah. the invisible jet? It's like that would have been amazing. That would have been so good. Yeah, that would have um, been awesome. But yeah. um, yeah, I I anyway, but like jumping into the movie, like they did start off like you know killing Jeffrey Dean Morgan, uh, like Watchmen. Um, which I liked. I liked that intro bit to it. I know you don't like. Let's do. We need to know Batman's parents were killed. No, we don't. We don't. But I thought that that quick part of the credits where it wrapped up with the pearls breaking on the gun. I thought that was pretty well done. No, that okay. If you're going to reset the stage of Batman parents dead, that's fine. Like, and, and I and I really kind of got a kick out of the fact that it was Jeffrey D. Morgan because it's like, yeah. oh, Zack Snyder, you have to kill him in the beginning of your movies, don't you? Um, and also the fact it's like I kind of wanted to see Jeffrey D. Morgan as Batman. Then, like I really wanted to see him as like he would have been a good Dark Knight, Dark Knight, like you know the the Frank Miller. Yeah, like that would have been like. I, by the way, like have you heard us say one negative thing about Affleck so far? No, no, because he was actually really good. Yeah, Batman. Ben Affleck as Batman was really good. Yeah, I so. enjoyed him as Bruce Wayne too. Even okay, going back to that beginning yeah. though, they they flash back to the the end of Man of Steel and the Metropolis fight, which I really enjoy. I was enjoying it all up and through that point. Like I enjoyed watching. I, I didn't mind that where Bruce like, Wayne go yeah. through Metropolis like you know taking the reins uh himself and going to investigate what's going on in Metropolis in his product place Jeep right yeah <laughs> well, well I, yeah because I mean he's the hero he's Batman he he basically breaks away because you think these millionaire corporation people yeah. they don't they have chauffeurs and stuff no he just jumps in a Jeep drives into the city while it's being destroyed runs to his corporation um tries to help a few people out and see what's going on rescues a kid but it gives you a good feel for why bruce wayne feels the way he does about superman but wouldn't okay i apologize sound like i'm jumping all over the place too wouldn't you have felt much better about that sequence 
had it been at the end of a standalone Batman film, like bringing him in his vision of justice, his street level fights. Mm-hmm. And at the end, like you, you kind of always have in the background that you hear about this other thing happening. And then you have the throw down Metropolis. And the end of it is him trying to find that balance between being Batman and being a responsible you know, businessman. And he has all these families he has to watch out for too. Right. Like that would have been like a great, like, you know, like two parallel trains coming at each other to set up that eventual yeah. bit. I think that would have been, because then you could have gotten more into his head, could have had more of Alfred, who also, by the way, badass. Jeremy Irons was yeah. amazing as Alfred. Yeah. so Great performance. I just, I just feel like the beginning of that movie would have been a really good end to a good Batman standalone movie. Yeah. To set the stakes No, high. you're right. That, that, that could have been a great piece of a Batman movie. Because it was good. That was actually pretty good. That was really it, it good. It showed the consequence of action, which... The rest of the movie, after all that collateral damage of Superman, like, you know, inadvertently killing all these people, trying to save people, whatever, um, and all of a sudden stop the, the dubstep machine that was going on, destroying the, the world. Yeah. Um, it, at the end, when he had these big fights again, they're like, oh, thank goodness this is happening at, like, 7 o'clock at night. Most of the city's empty. Right, they're, yeah. They had to keep telling you that well, there's nobody there. Okay, let's <laughs> let's talk about that for a minute, because, like, that's one of the things, even when Man of Steel came out, it bugged the crap out of me, and it bugged the crap out of a lot of people. And Zack Schneider tried to defend it um, hopelessly. But Man of Steel, everybody knows the end of Man of Steel. Like, there's billions of, of collateral damage, and, and probably millions of people got killed in buildings that just got cut in half by Zod and Superman. So, in this one, um, you know, stuff goes down. A doomsday comes out, and he starts fighting, uh, you know, the Wonder Woman, Superman, and Batman. And Doomsday is just doing weird Doomsday things that he didn't do in the comics, but he's got like some type of energy. He has some kind of Blanca field effect going bubble on. Bubble field effect <laughs> where he just rips apart stuff with around him, like like a bubble pops out of him somehow. I don't know. Like a bubble of energy, not a bubble, like, a, like you know. No, yeah, like a bubble of energy. Like like he almost like sets off like a small like mini bomb like around yeah. him or something. So um Superman takes him up to space, like so there's not a lot of collateral damage and they start fighting. And then they get back down there, and the, I know the, what you're about to say. What? <laughs> go, go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say. Well, the news is reporting, and the news is like, oh, well, it's after the work hour, and most people have cleared out of the city <laughs> to give you that reassurance <laughs> yeah. that we could break a few buildings, and like it's thousands, okay. thousands okay. of people aren't going to die. Oh, it's um, like oh, they ended up in, in like the low income neighborhoods. It's fine. It's fine. And then they they <laughs> land back down on Earth, and they're like, "Where did they land?" And they're like, "They landed on this this island off of the coast of Metropolis." And they're like, "Oh, it's uninhabited." And we're like, "Yeah, thank goodness it's uninhabited, but so we can then, have a throwdown." But then Superman is like all like he's out for a little bit because he got irradiated because we threw a warhead up at him for whatever reason. Yeah, because um, that makes sense. You know, whatever the guy you can't kill and the thing you can't kill, let's just make him irradiated because that always works every time um but batman and his his cool batwing sees sees doomsday on this little island that there's nobody there and he basically doomsday is acting like a toddler because he doesn't know what's going on he's just being angry yeah and he, does, he probably doesn't even realize he could leave you know it's probably like a little kid where you're like you just stay there and like okay i'm gonna be angry about it but i guess i can't leave this island so batman's like oh i have to bring him back to the city for the weapon i made so i'm gonna start shooting him and bring him back to the city that's what i told you in my text message that batman does not understand video game boss logic you leave the boss there you get the weapon you come back you come to the boss back. you don't kite the boss to the weapon right it's like what is what's going on batman like you just went into smashing more buildings but i'll come back to that because that's <laughs> that's that's another thing on the list <laughs> that's um, the only batman logic other than him backing down because everybody has the name martha that's yeah. the only other thing too but so 
so this whole collateral damage thing with Superman, right? So Zack Schneider tries to defend it. I know they talked to him, and he said that uh, he's like, well, look at episode seven. He's like, they had a planet-killing, a system-killing weapon that destroyed five planets in a star system just like that out of blink. He's like, that's like billions upon billions of lives. You know, that's... He's like, why aren't people more bent out of shape about that? And it's because that that is such a huger scale of fantasy violence that as human beings, we can't wrap our head around that as much. Well, and I would argue that you had the First Order be... They were bad guys doing bad guy things. This is a movie where heroes purposely still being in areas... Where they're supposed to be protecting, but they're also causing damage. Right. And they didn't protect anybody during it. Like, you couldn't you couldn't stop a building from falling and save some people no, inside like, it? No. Like, that's like, and if you, if you remember Age of Ultron, for the problems that it has, they they had S.H.I.E.L.D. show up and start getting oh, people dude, off, the, the, you know, that, off the rock. That whole scene where S.H.I.E.L.D. shows up to rescue those people was basically an F.U. to that whole uh, Man of Steel debacle. But it's, it's like, it's a logical decision. It's like, you guys have manpower. We don't know if this thing's actually going to be dropped or not by, you know, Ultron. Right. So let's get as many people off here as possible. There's but they real... saved people. Yeah. Yeah. And then, like, I so, think that's, and not to hold up Marvel and knock down DC, it's just that, like, I don't know, like, you, we, we, you, you use, the, like, the 9 11 thing. Yeah. And that's the like, thing is, like, you, you watch Man of Steel with this, and it's like, as, as Americans watching this movie, this it's it's still kind of fresh like a lot of people that watch that movie lived through 9-11 and they know what that is like yeah nobody knows what it's like to have a giant space station blow up five planets like we don't sitting on earth we're not like man we'll never forget mars jupiter venus and um saturn <laughs> getting obliterated and every single person on that planet don't you just, touch uranus just gone <laughs> Don't you dare. Yeah. Don't you dare destroy Uranus. Saying, saying Uranus got <laughs> obliterated. I avoid that one on purpose. But no, we, we can't we can't wrap our head around that. And yeah. and it, that's why it's a little bit more acceptable. And you can't use that as an excuse, Zack Snyder. Yeah. Well, you know, like, I'm not saying so much shame on you for the end of Man of Steel for destroying all those buildings. But, like, what do you expect when you sit Americans in a theater and you watch just a whole city get torn to pieces? Even when we did the Avengers... There wasn't that much collateral damage. There wasn't even like a tenth of the collateral damage. But they even still uh, that um, that set that set a story thing going forward, which you see, but um, it's coming to a head in Civil War, where it's like right. there has to be, and also with Sokovia and Age of Ultron, it's mm-hmm. like guys, you're doing these fights, and you might be saving the world in the short term, but you're causing all these problems, right? And uh, like the fact that there's a ripple effect, or there's acknowledgement, I think is a much stronger like. I don't know. Like, there's a like, and, and, and all of um, Daredevil starts upon like all the organized crime moving into Hell's Kitchen because of they call it the, they call it the incident, like yeah. because of the attack on Manhattan or not Manhattan, right. New York. Um, so I mean, like, there, there's repercussions there, and but so in terms of like, okay, we can talk about collateral damage. We can talk about Batman's terrible game logic. Um, I feel like so yeah, his game logic. Like so, <laughs> he fights Superman, which the fight was pretty underwhelming. Um, yeah, and. I, I still don't understand why he wore the suit if the suit did nothing. I think he wore the suit because he knew he was going to be thrown through buildings. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, that's about the only reason I can think he had that crazy big metal armored Batman suit. Um, but he, you know, he creates a, a, a Jolly Rancher spear of kryptonite for uh, Superman to finish him off, basically. But or uh, the largest bottle of Zima that he just didn't but, see. <laughs> but as he's got Superman on the ropes because he uses like some kryptonite gas that he 
Which burnt. that was the only thing that I thought was kind of cool that he he he'd throw the their grenade at him and Superman's like I got this yeah and it's like poof oh it's, it's dust oh what do you mean I can oh, feel things now oh no like that was sour cool. apple dust gotcha. yeah so but no he's got him he's got him on the ropes he's got the spear to it's his like, chest what is this fun dip and like, then he's this? he's like he says something about they're gonna kill Martha. And he's like, that's my mom's name. Now we're best friends. And that just, it's like, why do you keep saying that name? It's like, because other people could have the name Martha, you idiot. Right. Like, and suddenly but, it's just like, oh, don't worry. I'll go save your mom because it's in a warehouse full of guys with guns. That's in my wheelhouse. Mm-hmm. You go deal with this other thing as opposed to, why don't you just fly there and just fire everybody with your eyeballs and move on? Like, yeah. you know. So he drops the spear, obviously, and the spear stays there in Gotham. So then he, they're going back what Paul said. But you're missing out on the part that, like, so Amy Adams picks up the spear. Right. Throws it into a stairwell that's, like, flooded. Right. Think, I don't know why she thinks, well, this was going to hurt my boyfriend. I got to get rid of this. Yeah. You know? So then... Uh, Batman knows the spear's there, so he's going to come back and get it, but he doesn't know it's been thrown away. Right. But then somehow Amy Adams sees in the distance this fight going on. She has no access to TV, no phones, no nothing. She has no idea what's going on with this fight. But she needs to go get the spear back. For I didn't know for, what I didn't know what Superman's powers is like telekinetic like texting. Who knows what reason? So she goes to get the spear. She gets herself in trouble, of course. Superman has to come save her. He goes and gets the spear that can kill him. And then he, and then, and then instead of going, hey, Batman, hey, Wonder Woman, this spear doesn't seem to bother you. Can, yeah. can you please use this spear to fight Doomsday? No, no, he decides to use it himself. And, and if you notice the rest of that whole sequence going on was this Batman jumping from wall to wall because it's just like, you're just a regular dude. There's nothing you can do now. Right. Sorry, Batman. You're going to try to look cool and you have your one pellet of gas left. But that's kind of like how he is because I watched a, a, a animated one where they fought Darkseid. And um, Darkseid was, like, trying to kill him, and he kept avoiding the uh, anti-life beams mm-hmm. that he shoots. And same thing. And then, like, like I think, like, Gr- or Green Lantern, like, hit him, and then, like, he stopped chasing Batman. But then, like, Batman comes back around with, like, something, and he's just like, ah, I got you, bitch. Like, so do you think Batman plays, like, a lot of flag football in his downtime? Where he's like, ha, 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 can't catch me. You know, I just, I just felt bad because, like, Affleck showed that he could actually stand toe-to-toe. With because it showed he was smart enough to, to take down Superman at least temporarily, which I'm thinking you have these pellets and he's vulnerable temporarily, then just finish it as opposed to letting him. It's like that was very much like a video game. It's like, well, stage one, stage two, stage yeah. three. And I didn't understand that. Um, there was only one visual joke in that whole thing, and it's why he's punching Henry Cavill in the head. That was the one thing in that it, whole fight that was fun, where it's like, oh, this is not working anymore. It just stops. Yeah, you know what I really? I, I there was another part in the movie because at the at the at some point, I really just started like riffing it a bit. So like we're watching it, and there's a scene where where um, Superman throws Batman through a wall. And um, like he goes through the wall in this plaster, and I lean over to, to my girlfriend, and I'm like, "How funny would it have been when he throws him through the wall? It's in the shape of a bat." That would have been amazing. <laughs> I, I would have like... been. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> rewind this back a bit. So this movie was not only trying to set up like Batman and this this Superman cinematic universe thing because of Man of Steel. Um, it's also trying to set up the Justice League, which the name Donna Justice has really no bearing on this this movie whatsoever. But everyone knew that you were going to get some glimpses of Flash, Cyborg, um, Roman Reigns, and then um, one other one. There was no other one? It was that Wonder was Woman. Just Wonder, Wonder Woman. Woman, right? Yeah. Um, sorry, Aquaman. I said Roman Reigns because they look okay, the same. Okay, so let's talk about Aquaman yeah. for a minute. Okay, so, so Flash. How, how they appear, though. How they appear. So Batman, at, at the, the <clears throat> event where Lex Luthor has um, 
you know, the Batman meets Superman in the trailer that everybody's seen. Yeah, we haven't talked about Eisenberg <clears throat> yet, but we'll... I don't we'll know, talk about yeah. that. Um, Batman hacks, uh, you know, the, the mainframe that Lex has, and he gets, like, some files, and then Wonder Woman steals it from Batman, you know, pickpockets it or something, or she goes and grabs it before he grabs it, too, because she's looking for a picture of herself. Uh, yeah. And then she gives it back to him, and then he goes through it and decrypts it, and... um. Well, we got to talk about that too when he decrypts it. So why what? the dream thing? Oh, we'll talk about the dreams in a second because there's multiple dream sequences. But anyway, so the way they set up the Justice League is it's all file folders in this thing that Lex has on metahumans, and they all have the logos of everybody. So like, yeah, so like he, so Batman sends this email to Wonder Woman, which this sounds like exciting cinema, and it's like, oh, I, I know what you were looking for. And it's a photo of her back in like the 30s in her full Wonder Woman. No, it's like the 19 oh. early 19 yeah, it's like 19 like 17. And then Captain Kirk's beside her, like whatever, right? right. Um, so you see you see the photo which by the way, like if that's the big thing you're worried about, people have seen that photo of that uh, Civil War soldier that looks like Nick Cage and no one thinks twice about they, they is that really Nicolas Cage? I don't think you'd really need to worry about right. people thinking that was you. Nobody's tying like, it up. If, yeah. if you're freaking out about it, then people are going to start thinking it's you. Like right. just let it go. Just be like, oh, that looks like one of my distant relatives. And people are like, okay, that's it's physically impossible for you to look the same way that you would be at this time. We'll, we'll buy that. But for some reason, really hung up on this picture, um, and she wanted to be untagged in it or something. I don't know. But then she gets <laughs> don't like, tag me in this. Don't tag me in this photo. Like, come on, come on, Lex. I thought we were cool. Um, you're going out of my top eight. It's like Wonder Woman. We're past that now. No, uh, so there's these file folders that have all the me- these metahumans, and they all have the logo, and this was the joke I made at the beginning of the show, of wh- who they are. Yeah. And it's like, you don't even know who these people are supposed to be yet, but somehow you have, like, you had your um, your creative department come up with these cool logos for these files. There was a lightning bolt that is, yeah. signifies the Flash. There was an A, which is the, a, the same font they use for Aquaman's comic or for his yeah. logo. For the A, and then they had the circle, like the circle inside the circle uh, for, for cyborg. cyborg. Yeah, and and Wonder Woman was a WW. It was a WW. Yeah, yeah. And, I just it, it that that was the point where I I, I um kind of I don't know if I laughed side. I don't know if that's really. I was just like I laughed out loud. <laughs> like I laughed was, out loud when she did click on Aquaman because like the Flash part, I was kind of like, eh, like it's hard for me to like get into Ezra Miller being. The Flash when Grant Gustin is like so good at it. The Flash to me, you know, it's kind of hard. Just like a lot of people had a hard time getting uh, letting go to Tom Welling being Superman. Yeah, but um, uh, yeah, the the Aquaman one, it was like one like they like it's like it's like the Jacques Cousteau. It's like James Cameron like IMAX under the deep. Like yeah. filming of like the Titanic. This like remote camera comes down and then you see a little pair of beady eyes in a cave and he comes out and he does like this weird little like shimmy and his hair's all moving like, you know, like Jason Morma's hair's all moving in the in the water. And then it's like he gets startled like a fish. Yeah. And he shoots off and he flies away. Or fl- uh, swims away. <laughs> flies flies yeah. away. Swims away. Flies away. He flies underwater away, but, pretty much. But a lot of people have pointed out it's like he was holding his breath the whole time. Yeah. Like, obviously holding his breath. Like, bubbles came out and everything. Yeah. I just, I and don't I'm know. like, man, you can't fix some little things like that. Like, the cyborg thing was kind of neat. Like, I almost would have wished if... They would have saved that little file folder garbage for the very end. Where it should like, have been like a like, like a, a post, tease, a like post just, Easter just throw, egg just teaser. Throw it, like have Wayne say, "Hey, look, I found these files from LexCorp. I found your photo. We have untagged you. You're good now, Wonder Woman." 
Um, but it's like check out these other files. It's like th- th- he should he could even say something terrible like th- there's there's more of us out there. It's not just us. Like it, like, like you know <laughs> like us. and it would have been fade to black. It'd been like you know there's a league of us out there. It's not just us. We have to get together. Just More, us. Just us. You know, which is almost what I was expecting him to say at the very end. <laughs> but that would have been a great little like little Easter egg or something you throw in the DVD or some garbage. It's just yeah. that it felt like why why in this day and age are you having Wonder Woman who clearly she's a badass, has like a guitar guy following her around everywhere she goes, and, and all you have her do is click on attachments. Like that felt very I don't know. It just nothing about that felt fun or right. Yeah. So um, well let's talk about Eisenberg for a second. And the so, dream sequences, too. Oh, yeah. yeah. So uh, let's go to the dream sequences first. So, like, Batman, when he gets that back from Wonder Woman, plugs it in, starts decrypting it, and then he somehow falls asleep, and they do, like, some type of weird flash-forward dream sequence, which doesn't really explain why he'd do that. Like, it's almost like he... But they used parts of that dream sequence in the trailer to make people think something more badass was going on that right. actually happened. So it, it obviously... It's where he's in the desert with the trench coat. Yeah. So the dream obviously plays out like he's got... He's, you know, he's he's in the desert and, you know, they foreshadow dark side. They have the Omega symbol burned into the See, ground. I didn't even know what that was. Um, like, I just... I knew saw Omega. I was like, is Kratos here? He's probably killing somebody. No, that's Darkseid's thing. Yeah. I think it's, it's his symbol or it's like Apocalypse's symbol, which yeah. is the city that he... Anyway. Um, but so then like, you know, Batman's got some mercenaries with him in the desert and he gets some kryptonite and he's just like, cool, I got this now. And then just almost like the same exact scene where Lois Lane was in the desert before. You remember? Yeah. Uh, where the, where the uh, PMCs you know, kind of like turn on the other guys and start shooting everybody. That's what happens to Batman. Then Batman starts fighting everybody um, with his people, and then they get somehow captured, uh, you know, and then there's these bug people that show up. And Yeah, like the locust swarm people for some reason. Yeah, yeah. whatever. I forgot about that until you mentioned it. And, but... and then they capture Batman somehow. And then Superman shows up, and everybody's kneeling when Superman shows up. So they obviously all kind of like work for him. And he's mad. He's got mad face on, and he walks down to the. It's it's the part in the trailer where you know he, he, he takes lands the, the, the mask off Batman. He takes the mask off Batman. But prior to that, Batman's got like two guys tied up next to him, and Superman just like burns them with his eyes. Like, yeah. And then when he takes the mask off, um, Bruce Wayne wakes up, and then almost immediately, this is this part really confused me because I didn't know who this was. Like so, like some type of wormhole or time window opens up. A time hole. A time hole. <laughs> and, like, there's somebody on the other side of it. It's all bright and electrical. And at first I'm like, what is that? Is that guy? Is that Cyborg? Because it looked like he had, like... Equipment. Equipment on, like armor or some type of, like, cybernetic gear. But then, like, he's talking to him, and I'm like, wait, no, is that the Flash? And I'm like, why would the Flash wear that? That's not the Flash. Yeah. So the guy never identifies himself, but he's basically sending Bruce a message. And... You know, he says something, he's saying like Wonder Woman, or not Wonder Woman, Lois Lane's the key to it, the key all, to it all, and, you know, and, and it's like, I'm like, okay, I'm like, that's that's really weird, and then um, and then he disappears, and, I, and the whole time I was sitting there thinking, and then like my girlfriend's like, she's like, who's that? And I'm like, I think that was the Flash. I was like, because it didn't look like the Flash, but the Flash time travels a lot, so. Well, and you made the joke to me, and I want to steal it from you, that you said that uh, that didn't make any sense, and it said even Thor's hot tub time machine sequence in yeah. Age of Ultron made more sense, and it was like, yeah, it was like it didn't need to belong in the movie, but it was yeah. setting up Ragnarok, and I don't, I'm not saying it was right, I'm just saying that they put it in there, but you can at least, 
I don't know. Like maybe you've already been with four for three movies, so you're kind of already on board with with the like, weird stuff a little bit, you yeah. know. And so they're trying to set up these other movies. Like so, you got like weird flash forward like dream sequences. You have email telling about guys, but at the very beginning of the movie, whenever it's like you see his parents die, which by the way we've talked about that towards the end. Whenever there's the big fight between you know Batman and Superman, they both realize they both have moms and named Martha. They have to flashback again to his parents getting killed because I think the movie like was like shit. This we've been going on for two hours. We got to remind you. Yeah, it's like there's a there's a rule that you have to remind people at least almost every two hours that Batman's parents are dead. I think you have to do that because if not, people will forget. But at the beginning, when he falls into the Bat Cave and the bats all swarm mm-hmm. and he starts getting lifted up by the bats, I was sitting there thinking I didn't quite get that either. It was part of a dream. Once you yeah. finally figure that out, but I was just like. I kept telling myself, I hope this isn't a dream. I hope this isn't a dream. I was like, I hope that... They, <laughs> you can like, ride bats. Yeah, I was really hoping, like, all right, here we go. This movie's going to go right off the rails at the very beginning. But there's so much about the movie that actually works individually, if you look at single pieces parts, that it makes me mad because there was something there. Like, if, as much as I think Gotham is the scariest place ever... Um, though it's right across the bay from Metropolis. Right, so I kind of looked it up, and, and while in the comics, Gotham, a lot of the cities jump around a lot in the comics because they're not real cities, so they don't actually have a set place. Yeah. Supposedly, Metropolis is just north of Washington, D.C., and then Gotham is technically the southern tip of New Jersey, so the bay that they have right there separating them, mm-hmm. that's the bay. I, I, and, I always thought Metropolis was New York and Gotham was Chicago. That's how I've always thought of it. Okay. So, like, when I'm watching the movie and I see Batman throw the bat signal up and then Lex is on the LexCorp tower talking to Superman and he's like, go fight Batman. And he looks over and the bat symbol's up in the sky. I'm like, "Where? how the hell is Gotham that close? Yeah. Like, it, <laughs> it's like, oh, let me just, I got to take, take my quick little boat ride over to Gotham. Like, um, at what point, you know, when Superman is in Metropolis doing Superman stuff, does he just not look over his shoulder and see nothing but, like, crime-ridden streets in Gotham and go, eh, I'm not yeah. going to go over there. Well, it's like it's like when you play Grand Theft Auto and it's like you got your one territory. You're like, oh, wait, you know what? I'll get to that later. Yeah. So you're just like, you know, don't go to that part of town yet. Way you're not like that. Like, wait, like, like, both of these guys are right in each other's backyards. And they're just now starting to talk about like their interaction, like the the bat the got or uh, the bat of Gotham, yeah. You know, and it's like, well, if Batman's been doing this for years, then Superman probably heard about this when he was in high school, or when he started working at the the, um, the newspaper. Planet, yeah, I was about to say Daily Bugle, and I was like, that's not right. That's yeah. not the right newspaper. Daily Bulletin, um, or yeah, whatever. New York Bulletin, whatever <laughs> it's called. In the- um, so you talk about Eisenberg, and I feel like we're just kind of running around beating this movie up all over the place. My biggest thing isn't necessarily his performance, but explain to me what his ultimate plan was. Yeah. What was his goal? What was his goal the entire movie? Just to get mad scientist stuff to do? I guess. Like, and the, the fact that they brought Michael Shannon's body in, which I guess they just said that they painted up a, like just a double. Like, he actually didn't even show up for any of the filming. Oh, uh, okay. And it's like, it was, they just had like his dead, like they had a, body, a dead body double for him. Uh, and then I just thought it was really funny that like his abomination, it almost felt like his eyes were the same width apart though when he was doomsday, like being birthed. It's like, oh, Michael Shannon's eyes are that far apart normally. So I appreciated that. Well, like, but it was just a weird like, oh, I'm going to go make Doomsday. Why? Because we need to fight for these guys to fight now. That, that's all it felt like. But, there was nothing organic about that. I mean, Eisenberg did a good job of channeling his his Zuckerberg. Yeah. But like at the same time, you know, he play, he technically plays Lex Luthor's son 
who's Lex Luthor the second or Alex Luthor, yeah, Alexander Luthor the second. Um, but like it's he's really really way too like that quirky socially awkward genius and i've never really gotten that vibe from lex him and uh jim carrey's riddler would have hung out and been fine with each other like yes. that's how it felt like that whole scene where he's reading or he's talking to the like the, the party yeah and he's getting like he's getting tongue-tied about like his speech and everybody's just like whoa what is with this guy like that didn't feel like lex luther at all no um and again, I don't think I don't think he was necessarily bad. I think that he was not directed well, and I think that they gave him some lousy lines to deal with. Yeah, and, and I also I feel agree. like like I didn't get like the only time he felt like maniacal is whenever he finally was like, "Hey, Superman, I know you could kill me, but you don't know what I know," and that felt like a very Lex Luthor moment of like, "Yeah, it did yeah." That, that was like the only moment because that's what he always kind of had over Superman was he's a like, step ahead. He's like, "I have to stay a step ahead." It was always you know because he was smarter. Yeah, um, and then like that too, like how he acquired his knowledge. Like there was a point in the movie where ev- all of a sudden everybody knew who everybody was. Yeah, like prior to that, it was just like Batman, Clark Kent, or Clark Kent, Bruce Wayne, and and. Lex Luthor were all in the same room shaking hands talking. Nobody knew anybody was a superhero or a supervillain or had kidnapped anybody's girlfriend or mom or anything like that. So all of a sudden it's like Superman shows up and he starts calling him Clark Kent, which the only way I could kind of assume they did that is... I think he found out because he had access to the ship. Yeah, he went in and he... he, Which Lex Luthor going in and talking to an alien AI and the alien AI AI saying, no, we can't turn a corpse into a monster and him going, well, he basically unlocks someone's iPhone and then the iPhone's like, hey, I know you're not the original user, but do you want me to like be your, be yeah. yours now? And he's like, yes. And it's like, OK, it's like you find an I Yeah, it's like you find an iPhone on the ground and be like, say, Siri, can you withdraw some money for me? And they're like, no, you're not Jeff. Well, Jeff's dead on the ground right here. OK, yeah. <laughs> Welcome, new Jeff. Welcome, new Jeff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, it was Jeff Luthor. That's Jeff what Luthor. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I don't know. It's just like this. Uh, it also frustrates me, and and we're we're getting to like I gotta get to the my frustration of the Netflix wheel of death. Netflix wheel of death. Soon. Right. Um, it, it, this frustrates me that this movie, like you, you joked, you said this movie's almost three hours. How can it have plot holes? Like you know, they, they, like this right. movie felt like it was. Like, one or two drafts away from being, like, respectable. And they yeah. just went ahead and ran with it. I feel like they should have drafted it two more times. Yeah. I agree. And I feel like Affleck, everyone keeps saying that he kept pulling the script aside and writing his own dialogue. And it's like, other than the whole Martha bit, I'm fine. Like, everything else seemed like it was pretty much like he was in his own movie most of the time. Which, him uh, him directing his own standalone Batman movie, I'm really excited and for. And they said that that's happening, so that yeah. would be... I'm fine with that. And I'm actually curious to see how he fits in the Suicide Squad now. Mm-hmm. Like... So and then that's the whole rumor too is that because Deadpool just kicked everybody's ass and it was a lot of fun um, and that since uh, the Dawn, Dawn of Justice had no fun in it that supposedly there's been some money being thrown at Suicide Squad to make it more fun which I'm sure it's going to be okay. That's I'm sure terrible th- if you have a Suicide Squad movie that's not fun. But it also bothers me that this movie's like what four or five months out from being released. And they're now just figuring out, oh, crap, we need jokes. Like, it just seems very, you have Will Smith in there, and you can't give him, like, you like seriously, you have him, and you have the Joker, as much as he's a, a sadistic character, you, you have to have him having fun. Whether or not you as the audience enjoy it, but he has to be having fun. And it's like, you have, I don't know, like, you have, like, the Dirty Dozen with villains. Like, you can't have anybody rubbing each other the wrong way and having some fun there. 
Yeah. Like if the if the thing and the Human Torch can brawl and be idiots with one another in a terrible Fantastic Four movie, but I enjoy their back and forth, why can't you have the Suicide Squad actually have some fun? Right. Like and, the like the whole bit when Chris Evans like just burns the back of Chickless's head real quick in yeah. the first Fantastic Four was great. Like yeah. So I don't know. Like I just they're they're going to put some fun in it now, which hopefully that the be like, hey guys, come see Suicide Suicide Squad now, twenty percent more fun. Right. Yeah. So did you hear the rumor that they're going to possibly release the R rated version of Batman Superman in the theater? I don't care. You're not going to go watch it again. No. <laughs> oh, to me, so, yeah. So it, then, ultimately, my question for you is: Let's say that you've been waiting for years for an Avengers movie, but they're like, you know what? We were going to make some standalone movies, but they didn't quite do so well. So we're just going to give you the Avengers movie, but we're not going to give you all the Avengers, and it's not going to make a lot of sense. But at least you get to see Captain America and Iron Man together. Like that's how this kind of feels. Like, like that is how it feels. So, it wasn't set up, and like I said, didn't do the characters justice. No pun intended. <laughs> um. And, and like, I told somebody, I was like, you know, Deadpool Deadpool broke the 70 million mark, and Dawn of Justice is barely making the 70 million mark. And to have Deadpool have a movie that's really short and also centered around not taking that Hulk superhero universe seriously and being a character so obscure and only about 20 years old to go up against iconic characters like Batman and Superman who have been established for, you know, well over 60 years Mm -hmm. and just pull the same amount of, like, attendance is just kind of, like, shame on you, Warner Brothers. Well, at this point, um, Dawn of Justice may not have made its, like, its actual advertising budget back yet. Yeah. And and, and, um, Justice League's already in production. I I just, I, I hope they write the ship. Because I was telling Joe about this a couple days ago when we decided we're going to do a hate cast, which we all, we use that term because we never really want to do hate casts. No. <laughs> um, but it's like I feel like the CW shows have really won me, warmed me up, and won me back over they, at DC. They've, they've warmed me up. They've gotten me a little warmer to it. It's, yeah. it's brought me into the world. I've done a little bit more research on the DC characters in the universe than I used to, and you know I, I feel um, I feel more comfortable. You know, but like at the same time, like I I grew up loving Batman and Superman. Like yeah. when I started reading comics when I was a kid, it was a lot of Marvel comics. I did collect Batman and Superman. I read Nightfall and I read Death of Superman. Yeah, but like prior to that, I solely worked off of like um, the Superman movies with Christopher Reeve as a kid, um, the Batman TV show with Adam West, um, the cartoons with Batman and, and like Scooby Doo. Yeah, the the and, ba- well, let's say the Batman animated series was amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, the but, Batman animated series, but like, it, and, and there was a period there. You remember you just mentioned Nightfall and that Superman. There was a period there where they were just like just destroying Marvel comics wise, saying, "Hey guys, you like events? We got events for you." Then Marvel's like. Oh, but we're gonna Spider Man be a clone, and then just that destroyed Spider Man for right, a while. Right, right, like, right. The Marvel tried to match them like an arms race story wise, and they just <laughs> couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. And so for some reason, DC they know comics. I don't know why they can't know movies. You know, I just I, I also think the the people that are in charge aren't letting the right people make those decisions. What do you mean with Warner Brothers? Yeah. Oh, I mean, absolutely. I absolutely believe that because I, you know, I, I, I was, after I saw Batman versus Superman, one of my buddies who's a big Marvel fan, like we always like fanboy Marvel stuff up. Uh, I texted him and I was like, thank God we have Kevin Feige. Like that yeah. dude. I mean, he definitely goes to bat for like the MCU and getting stuff that people want to watch. 
Yeah. I mean, so anyway, um, I don't know how much more um, Batman Superman talk we'll have here on the show. Hopefully, hopefully only good things going forward. Uh, like I said, Suicide Squad comes out on August. I, I am more excited for that. I'll be there probably day one to see that. Than I, and you I, know what else is terrible? Superman's from Cleveland. That's true. We can't even get behind him. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, so <laughs> that's true. I, I forgot about that. Like, yeah, he was. Uh, yeah, he he's from another planet, but he's really from Cleveland. Um, yeah, he so, was created in Cleveland. Yeah. Um, so anyway, if you guys have uh, opinions you want to share about Batman Superman, please do on our Facebook page. We are getting people to interact with us now. Like it's and I, since I fixed how people can interact with us, it's actually been really good. Like it's yeah, been it's kind of funny how yeah. we always thought we're like nobody wants to ever talk to us. Be like. Oh, we don't we don't know how to use social media. Yeah, <laughs> so hit us up there. It's Invasion of the Podcast on Facebook, um, and then we have Invading Podcast uh, at Twitter uh, and Invading Podcast at Gmail. Please just hit us up there. And again, we have stuff to give away to you guys. Just you know, show us that you're sharing the show. Like, well, you know, we got we got um, a cool Deadpool figure. We have uh, Walking Dead soap ears. I don't know why we have them, but we have them. I don't know why we have those. Yeah, we have an X file shirt that we talked about a while ago. We have cool things to give you. We have a multi pass. Oh, crap. You know what? I forgot that other loot crate. I still have one I haven't opened. But that's the Versus one, right? Maybe we should hold that off a little bit. It's supposed to be Versus. Yeah, it is Versus. Yeah, so it has Bad Mystery Man and Civil War stuff. So, um, so yeah, we got stuff to give away. So, also, we have stickers. Let me know if you want a sticker. You don't have a sticker yet? I'll mail you a sticker. It'll be, a, it'll be fun. Um, I don't know how much fun getting a sticker in the mail will be, but we'll find out. Um, yeah, enough about that. Now on to... Um, we talked about Batman Superman being like a hot pile of garbage. Now I have to talk about my Netflix Wheel of Death. And and Joe so kindly made what I think is a great way to describe the wheel of death. It's time for the Netflix wheel of death. <laughs> oh, <laughs> before I get to the ridiculous six, I wanted to share something with you, Joe, real real real, real quick. Uh, Batman vs Superman Rotten Tomatoes average rating is twenty eight percent. I'm going to give you a couple movies here real quick. You tell me if it's better or worse than Batman Superman. Right? Okay. 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 Um, X-Men Last Stand. Better. Better. 58%. Uh, Green Lantern. Worse. 26%. You're right. Uh, original Fantastic Four with, um, I just mentioned the one with Chickless and, and uh, Better. Uh, 1% less. That was 27%. Yeah. Um, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Better. 77% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Better. Worse. 17%. No, I'm sorry. Well, Batman Superman did better than that. Yeah. Uh, Batman and Robin. Better. Better than. is 11% for that. Um, Ghost Rider. Better. 26%. Close. Like the cage almost, right? Um, Spider-Man 3. Better. 63% fresh. Spider-Man 3. So it did better than Batman Superman. Yeah, one of my buddies, um, when I was talking to him, he's like, well, at least it's not Spider-Man 3. I was like, no. Yeah. Spider-Man 3, at least when Peter Parker is going down the street looking like a retard emo, yeah. I know why he's doing it. <laughs> With a dance sequence. I know why. They that, explain That's what it. I was hoping it was a dream sequence, and it wasn't. Yeah. yeah. They don't um, explain why Superman only cho- chooses to hear when Lois Lane is in trouble and not his mom. Yeah. Uh, they just this come right back to Wheel of Death. A sucker punch. Better or worse. worse. Better than um, Batman Superman. Well, 47%. Good to know that Zack Schneider's original yeah. content can do better than stuff that's been around for 60 years. Uh, Tommy Wiseau's The Room. Better or worse better. than that. It is better than Batman Superman. The Room, which is known as the, one of the worst movies ever. Yeah. Oh, hi, Mark. At 35%. Uh-huh. And then, then Ridiculous Six. 
Better or worse than Better. Better Superman. Worse, zero percent of Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> right. So I had to watch this wonderful Happy Madison uh production, Ridiculous Six. Um first thing I should tell you that you guys need to know, it is two hours long for a Western comedy. It is two hours long. Um, I don't know why it was two hours long. It did not need to be. I think I know that this is part of like their six picture deal that they signed with Netflix. Um, I'm going to give you real briefly, uh, and I should just show this to Joe. Um, the cast cast list here. That's like that's just the page. Like it's almost a full page. Like look at some of those names. Ah, uh, Terry Crews. Why are you friends with Adam Sandler? Yeah, right. And that's not the first one he's done with him. He's done a few movies with Adam Sandler. But look at that list of names. Look at at least Nick Nolte's getting work. <laughs> uh, some of these people I expect, like almost all these people, I expect to be in here. Well, I know, but like, there's what, like, thirty names on there? Like, they're all in this movie. So the whole the whole premise of it is that uh, Adam Sandler is um, he his mother was killed when he was, he was younger, much like like Batman. And he was raised by Native Americans, so his name is yeah. uh, White Knife, Tommy White Knife, something, something, something. And his dad, who is um, Nick Nolte, shows up and says, hey, um, you know, um, I wanted to do right by you before I die, you know, but I was a bank robber. Uh, these guys are after me, and I have some money, but I have it tucked away. Once they, once I'm done with them, then you can go find the money. Like all these people I would expect to be in an Adam Sandler movie. Though. Yeah. And so it becomes this whole thing where his dad gets kidnapped. Even though his dad's dying, he gets kidnapped by, um, oh, uh, what's his name? Machete. Um, Danny Trejo. Danny Trejo. He's only in the movie for two scenes, uh, and then so they need fifty thousand dollars to to go pay like the, these guys because that's how much he was promising this this uh, gang of bank robbers. <laughs> so as Adam Sandler goes along, he starts finding all the other illegitimate children of Nick Nolte that are his brothers. So you have Jorge Garcia, who he doesn't speak a word that's understandable the entire movie, and I feel bad for him. Like he's some kind of like just. I don't know wild man in the woods that makes like whiskey. Um, you have Terry Crews is also one of the illegitimate children that that's kind of funny, like a little bit funny. Uh, you have Rob Schneider because you have to have him in an absolute yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah. He has a, a donkey that has explosive diarrhea and that's the joke right there. Explosive diarrhea donkey. Um, uh, Ty- Taylor Lautner, the kid from twilight. He's in it. He was the, he's the werewolf kid from twilight. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, Jacob, not Jacob. Yeah. Jacob. And, Wait. Yeah. Because Edward's the vampire. Okay. Yeah. Anyway. You would know better than I would. Yeah, you know, I'm Team Jacob. Um, and then who else is in there? And just a couple other people. Oh, and uh, Luke Wilson is also yeah, in there, too. which I would expect. Um, and so they go along, and they decide that the only way that they can get this money is by by robbing people. But the movie kind of hand waves away. It's like, we'll just rob from bad people. So they're running into banks, into, like, jewelry stores. I'm like, how do you know these people are bad people? You're just stealing from them automatically. That mm-hmm. seems kind of, like, whatever. But the, the so... Adam Sandler's character doesn't tell a single joke in the movie. He's very serious and dour. He um, is like just very soft spoken, and it's like Adam Sandler's the main star of this movie. And he is, and it's almost like he doesn't want to be there. I feel like I feel like that aged SNL uh, comedian. Like, I think they all slide into that. Like, like Eddie Murphy does that too. Yeah, like a lot of a lot of roles that Eddie Murphy plays now, he's very serious. But he tries to play like this badass that's really good with knives and has like this uh, mystical, like Native American, like like spirit magic that is like the most offensive thing. It's like you're not even trying to attempt. You're, like the joke is that this is ridiculous. It's like that's very disrespectful. You know, it's very like mm-hmm. like there's a bit where he's making a concoction out of like herbs and like some kind of liquid, and he spits it on a safe door and causes the whole thing to blow up. I'm like, none of that. 
seems like a thing to me. This seems like, oh, we got to have the safe door open now, so we got to have this happen. Um, but as they go along stealing things, and they bond as brothers and all this stuff, uh, it, it's like the movie itself, the jokes are terrible. It isn't that funny. However, like, and here's, here's me, like, here's the big shocker of the week, other than Joe just despising Batman Superman and me being kind of level-headed about it. I expected to hate the ridiculous six. It's not a good movie. I never want to watch it again. I liked it more than Jack and Jill when I was forced to watch that. Mm-hmm. Cause there, there's brief segments in here, like having, um, Oh, what's his face? Um, John Totoro play Abner Doubleday. And there's this brief aside where he's teaching people how to play baseball. And it's basically, you find out that he doesn't want to lose. So he keeps making up rules as he goes along. <laughs> so it's like, so he's like, you got to throw the ball past twice, twice past me and I'm out. So Adam Sandler throws it twice. And he's like, He's like, like I said, three times, and then I, you know, then I'm out. It's like you said twice. He's like, I did not. And he goes through making up all these rules. Like he starts stealing bases, and Terry Crews calls him out. He's like, No, of course you can steal a base when no one's paying attention. So it's just like he's just being a jerk, inventing all the modern rules of baseball because he doesn't want to lose. So that was kind of funny. That's and it's, it's John Totoro. Like uh, um, I like John Totoro. Yeah. So it's like that. Like. If there's anything to watch, it's like that brief, like four minute segment in the middle of the movie, and then also there's I a think... there's a card game later with General Custer, which is um, David Spade, and then uh, then there's um, Mark Twain comes in talking about like writing these books, and he's very he, this guy had a lot of energy. I'm like, who is this guy? He's kind of funny, you know, and he, and he kind of has like this like presence, like he's kind of like a hip hop guy, being like Mark Twain, uh-huh. Vanilla Ice. He's the only one that actually gives a shit the entire movie to be funny. <laughs> And he's in the movie for like a minute and he's actually really funny as Mark Twain. You know, what's funny is I wish they could have done this is, uh, I don't know if the KFC commercials were out yet, but they, they should have gotten all the, you know, Norm, I know Norm MacDonald was in that, but they should have got, he's in it for like one second. They should have got Norm MacDonald. Um, who else has done it? Daryl Hammond. Uh, Daryl Hammond, uh, uh, Jim Gaffigan. Yeah. They should have just got all those guys to play Colonel Sanders in that movie as Colonel Sanders, but then funny. rotated them out like the commercials. That would have been a great tie in. Yeah, that would have been funny. It's just, but like, I actually, <laughs> so I, I, as much as it pains me to say this, uh, Vanilla Ice's Mark Twain was actually pretty funny. And then the whole baseball bit was actually pretty funny too. Like, so, so that just kind of shows me that, that, and I'm not, this isn't high praise to Vanilla Ice. Because I think he committed to the bit and actually made it fun. Um, but like the whole Abner Doubleday things, like you get enough talented people around and say, hey guys, we got to fill two hours. They're going to stumble across stuff sometimes. Like Nick Swartzen is kind of okay at times. Steve Zahn plays this poor guy who had his left eye is all messed up and his right eye is fine. But to join the left eye gang, he has to cut his right eye out because Will Forte is like, you got to be part of the gang. So he cut, he's like, guys, but why can't I just cut my left eye out? They're like, nope. So the rest of the movie, he can't see but like, <laughs> what like his eye patch. Like, and it's just like, it's Steve Zahn and Steve Zahn's pretty funny. Steve Zahn is pretty funny. So like, I, so <clears throat> here, here's my, here's my recommendation. Don't watch this. <laughs> if you have to though, there are way worse times, ways to spend your time. Like watching that stupid Polly movie with the pair, the, the, the talking bird, um, or Jack and Jill, which you had double the Sandler that didn't care, you know, like, but it was just really weird seeing how oddly apathetic his character was the entire time and how it's supposed yeah, to make that, him stoic. That, that just reminds me of Eddie Murphy. Yeah. And I don't know. Like, so I just, this movie could have been an hour and a half. Uh, also, I'll say this too. This is, this is killing it with faint praise. I laughed more at this than I did a million ways to die in the West. I, I hate that movie. Really? 
I didn't think a million days, a million ways to die in the West was that terrible. I was so angry in the theater the entire time. Very much probably like your reaction to Batman Superman. I was like, I just, I could not laugh at that movie. It made me so angry the entire time. So as far as shitty westerns goes, I think this one was better than that one. But ultimately, just watch Blazing Saddles, and then you'll, you'll be fine. So, all right. Enough about hating on things. Um, yeah. Yeah. Sorry, Sorry guys. Yeah. So um, don't know what we're going to do next week, but it's going to be love focused. I don't know. We're going to love something. Um, Spider-Man. It's probably Spider-Man. Probably some <laughs> Spider-Man talk. Because I know no. the week after that, it's like Alien Day. So I know we're talking yeah, about Yeah, Alien Day is yeah. two weeks. Well, you know, there's the topic. I don't know if you want to go into it or not. Um, not right now, but for next week's show about since you just struggled through Batman Superman, I just struggled through the Ridiculous Six. We've kicked around the idea of what media... <clears throat> everybody loves but you may not love that maybe you should think about giving a second chance like for example like for me i hate the shining the movie but we've people t- love yeah, it. yeah we've talked about this i can't think of what i hate that i would give a second chance what about batman superman no <laughs> damn it paul that's really i want you to watch that movie again that's really what it i want to watch it again but i want to get drunk and watch it oh, again. okay so anyway maybe that's topping maybe not uh just an idea. So please hit us up on social media. Please share the show. You could win ears or a t-shirt or, you know, both. I don't know. Uh, stickers. Just we'll give you things. Uh, next week will actually be our one year since we've been doing this. Nuh-uh. Yeah. Nuh-uh. Uh-huh. Holy. 52 weeks in a row unbroken. Wow. Right? I, just a little bit longer than Titanic's ran at the box office. How you guys like that for content? Right there. There you go. That's the, and probably 20, some of those hours are probably pretty good too. So gotta give us that. So, uh, anyway, uh, till, till next week, uh, be safe. Um, don't watch ridiculous six and probably don't watch Batman Superman. Yeah. All right. So we'll see you next time. Go get you.
I, I do a really good lemmy. Yeah, if we just yell real loud, we'll be good. I'm going to yell real loud. I'm going to talk like this the whole thing because I'm mad about Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, Green Lantern, The Flash, Aquaman. Why Aquaman hold his breath? Yeah, no shit. Why? Why he live underwater? Have to hold his breath. 